Welcome to the fourth edition of the Exact Target Developer Podcast. I'm Roger Brinkley, and in this edition of the podcast, we'll do a feature interview with the guys at Roost about their development that they had when we were out at Dreamforce for the uh, developer contest, and uh, then also do a follow-up interview with them as well about uh, what they're doing now and uh, the process afterwards. But before we do that, let's first turn to the news, and uh, in the news, uh, first of all, welcome back, Michael, this week. Glad to have you back. Thank you. And in the news this week, we've got uh, Fuel UX 2.6.0 and an IMH theme update. Yeah, the uh, new Fuel UX 2.6.0 with IMH theme was released uh, last Friday, February 14th. Um, this recent update brings uh, mini bug fixes along with some cool enhancements as well. A couple of things that I found interesting were the data grid control has been updated. It now has the ability to select rows and deselect rows, and on each of those events, it will actually fire off an event. Up next is the date picker has actually been updated to perform a little bit better, so it's a little bit snappier. And last, there's a new class provided for the checkbox radio control, provide a little bit different formatting so you can actually highlight particular checkboxes or radio buttons. Please check the show notes for a link to the release notes with all the details about the enhancements and fixes. Turning now to the events section and the events, uh, coming up this uh, Thursday, uh, tomorrow, uh, ET Cafe. Uh, if you haven't been involved with this, we'd encourage you to, to get involved with that. It's on Twitter. Uh, it's a uh, an hour long, generally speaking, uh, just engagement on uh, Twitter. Uh, use the uh, hash mark ET Cafe mark and uh, just kind of follow what's happening there. And then February 25th, we've talked about this a couple of times. Looking forward to the Indianapolis Developer Meetup. If you're in the Indianapolis or Indiana area, we'd encourage you to, uh, to come to that. Then March 5th, the uh, Portland Community User Group We'll be talking about Hub Exchange. And March 25th, there'll be another Indianapolis developer meetup. They'll be talking about AMP scripts and APIs. And then finally, April 17th, the Indianapolis Exact Target community will be talking about AMP scripts and data extensions. Kelly Andrews will be uh, carrying that conversation about the AMP scripts. Turning now to our feature interview, and when we were out at Dreamforce, had an opportunity to speak to the guys at Roos. So we're going to go to an, a two-part interview here. With uh, The first part will be with Dan Stever and uh, Casey Hockerson. And then uh, I want to do a follow-up interview with them, uh, and I'll, I'll be speaking with Tim Varner. So let's turn now directly into that interview. Dan and Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Roger. Thanks for having us. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, Casey? Let's just start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll do the same thing with you, Dan, in just a second. I'm originally from the Seattle, Washington area. My background is really in, in sort of the hardcore technology. I worked at F5 for seven years and sort of caught the startup bug there and have done several startups since then. Founded Nota Software with some friends. We pivoted a few times, and this latest pivot is really taken off. And I am Dan Stever. I'm a developer evangelist for Roost with Nota Software. I, too, have been involved in a couple startups and have a solid background in marketing and uh, just web development. I'm with Roost. Uh, really talk at the technical point of sales and integrations and do some of the development as well. But, yeah, having fun. I think this is a great project. We're out here at Dreamforce and uh, the, the, the hackathon there, the million dollars. Tell me what Roost is doing in this area. Our core technology is about web push notifications. We work on both iOS, Android, and now Safari Mavericks. Uh, we're, for the hackathon, we're bringing our technology into exact 
target subscriber lists. We're going with an integration that produces a heterogeneous list of subscribers. So it's going to pull your web push people in exactly the same as your email people. We feel that web push is actually closer to email than it is to native push. The, the end result is a URL, a landing page that you want to get your customer or the user to. When we're integrating it there, you can use the same campaigns, the same segmenting, resend to unopens, all of the same functionality there. And then on the result side, you're really bypassing the opens. Opens on web push is the same value to you as click-through rate is on email, but it's several times greater. And so we feel that it can be a really valuable technology for the exact target customer base to connect with their customers and users. If you were to compare web push with mobile push, can, can you do that comparison for me? So web push really will use a native push, but it's Think of it from a website. So I'm a business owner or I'm a corporation and I want to send notifications to my mobile web users because trends show mobile device usage is only increasing and will continue to do so. So the Roost technology allows people to subscribe to websites and then we use the Roost app as a native bridge because you still need that native piece on a device. But that notification will come from you and go straight to a person. And then that web push part is it pushes you to a web landing point instead of into an app as traditional notifications do. So when you get a Twitter message or Facebook message and you tap on it on your phone and you're all excited, you end up in the app. We pass you through to that landing point. And so that's the power of it. And the, the same thing with the click-through rate that Casey mentioned earlier is you are sending someone directly where you want. So you are shortcutting that process. So let's talk about the technology. Just take us from back end to front end. How does everything work and how do you tie it together? The back end is all written in Java. We have a really a pretty heavy installation on, on Amazon Web Services. The scaling really comes from queuing. Everything uses a queue everywhere to try and delay and defer and break up into little work chunks and distribute over the cluster. So that's sort of our, our back end that, that handles all of the registration and the sending and, and the, the core bits there. We're currently handling about 14 million registrations and a million pushes per day with about 10 to 12 servers. We could go a little more. From there, the front end, as Dan mentioned, the we have a native iOS client, a native Android client. Uh, in some sense, we have re-implemented the notification center inside our app for our customers. The operating system one level ones are quite limited for historical notifications and whatnot. Uh, just a side note on, on uh, some analytics that we've run. We recently figured out that the much larger percentage of users actually opens notifications in-app versus on the operating system views. So by us providing that really nice in-app experience, going back 50, 100 messages, letting you favorite them, etc., we're getting maybe three times the interaction, the click-throughs, for our end target brands. So that's been a really big focus for us to get really high quality, quick, well-designed native clients. Our technology really spans from the pretty hardcore backend servers all the way to the, the well-designed clients. Tell me about the, the ET connection there. Uh, what parts of ET are you using as you begin to develop this? Uh, so we're using the, the SOAP API over uh, the Rails, uh, the Ruby gem. We're building the lists through the API. We are using the, the native push components of Exact Target, though. There, we're using both the registration side and the sending side. On the email side, it's, it's purely list building. The way we're doing it is that we've got uh, what's called Cloud Mail In on Heroku. lets you basically specify a domain name where you're going to receive email. We get an API callback. It's a really awesome cloud service that Heroku provides. 
So what we're doing is registering each user in the exact target lists with an, a unique email address that comes back to our system, and then we turn that email into a web push to the end customer. So that's the mechanics of how we're doing the integration there. We came here really intending to build a mobile web app, but after talking to Eddie and Ben on the exact target uh, team here, we realized that our app would be much better served running as a hub exchange app. And so we pivoted uh, and have split our functionality in half. Half is now going into a hub exchange app uh, where you can do the configuration, the sort of back-end processes. And then half of it is going in a native app that will let you do a bunch of analytics and, and receive pushes on your pushes themselves. And you got a lot of support last night. I know that uh, you came over to the, somebody came over to the booth saying. Yeah, we came over at 11, 1130, and uh, two guys came over here, helped us out for half hour, had a question they couldn't get to, brought a third guy over. It was awesome. We really had a ton of help. Why Exact Target versus somebody else? We feel because of the market that Exact Target addresses, the corporations, the mass sending of emails, um, the communication that we're adding onto this is a perfect partner and adds so much value. Because email is it, but when you combine it with the power of the push notification with the web push, it just brings something that I, I can't even imagine what the response can be with it because a whole new market's opened up. Email is such a noisy channel sometimes, and this really gives you another outlet that you can get your message ac across in a very quick and efficient and basically in-your-face method. When we were approaching the, the hackathon, two things really struck me about Exact Target when we were considering what to integrate with. The first one was really Exact Target's power in segmenting, that we can take all of these users and slice and dice them up into these really compelling groupings for the end business user. Once we can apply those to web push as well, that it, it'll be very valuable. The second was just platform. I mean, all the APIs were there. The gem was there. We got up and running. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, to be fair to you guys, you just received the APIs on Sunday night. Uh, well, we, we were studying the documentation prior to that. But, yeah, we just got the doc. We got an actual login Sunday night. Didn't know what the hub exchange was till midday. Uh, in generalities, we knew what it was. But, but talking to some of the developer evangelists here that could give us the nuts and bolts uh, behind the scenes capabilities. Yeah, it was really an on-the-fly kind of design thing. I don't think we wrote a code before Friday night. As I mentioned, we sort of redesigned the product Monday night once we knew more. And and now we're following through. And we're talking about this is Tuesday midday, so you're at this somewhere in the neighborhood of 36 to 48 hours. Yeah, I think we're at about the halfway point. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate your time, and best of luck. Hope things work out for you. Thank you. Roger, it's a pleasure to meet you, and thank you so much for your time. So turn to the second part of the interview here now, and a few months later, I want to come back and, and talk to Tim Varner about how things are moving forward. And I guess, first of all, Tim, congratulations on the work that you did out at Dreamforce during the uh, the contest. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't make the top 10, but uh, I, I think you found it quite beneficial, though. The Dreamforce experience was amazing. We were really there to try to win a relationship with Exact Target in particular and not Salesforce proper. And the Dreamforce uh, hackathon allowed us a venue to do that. We couldn't have been happier with the uh, friendships and business partnerships that have come out of that. The Exact Target team was really amazing there. They were hands-on. They were helping us at all points of the experience. And we thought we built a, a pretty interesting app, and we know that we couldn't have done it apart from their help at the hackathon. So it was, a, it was an amazing experience for us and one that we will probably do again simply because of all the uh, the tangible benefits that have come from it. So let's talk about the uh, the post-hackathon time. And 
I, I know that uh, after that time period, you guys uh, started looking at things and, and said, oh, you know, maybe we want to do some stuff with Hub Exchange. We really got familiar with Hub Exchange while at Dreamforce. Midway through the hackathon or so, kind of a light bulb went off. It was the sort of platform that we would want to have a lot more involvement with. Thankfully, uh, the exec target people were, were really open to our conversations. And post-hackathon, we, we kept that conversation going, um, entered into the Hub Exchange program. We're currently building out a a product for Hub Exchange, an app for Hub Exchange that will coordinate web push with email marketing. We have uh, we've not completed that yet, in part because folks at Hub Exchange have been really helpful to us in thinking through product market fit and how to build something that'll have maximum utility for exact target customers. And so uh, that feedback's been valuable, and their their willingness to help us sort of. Uh, think through our, our options there has, has been tremendous. Along the process, another opportunity came up. So you kind of put a little things on hold. How's that gone from the exact target perspective? The, the opportunity has been interesting. We do web push, so push notifications for websites. We uh, had been focused on mobile web push, so push notifications for mobile websites. And uh, in December, uh, just after the hackathon, we introduced a desktop push product that just kind of took off. The traction was really incredible. So we knew that going forward, we were going to have to be a little bit more holistic in our thinking about what we were doing with Exact Target. And it was really, uh, we hit pause momentarily, not for any other reason than to make sure that we were taking stock of what was going on and what really what, what the, the market was telling us about web proprietors and marketers want from a desktop push or a web push product. And so it was really just an opportunity to get some user feedback and sort of see where things stood with us in the, in the shifting landscape of the web push world. Tell me how you see Exact Target working in this in this web push world uh, versus what you what you saw before. Is it just an augmentation of what you were doing with the with the mobile push world? Yeah, so it is just an augmentation. I, I think that's a good way of putting it. As with everything else, UX concerns are really primary for us. We want to build something that not only marketers will use to communicate with their audience, but that the audience will be um, most responsive towards. So we've just taken a little bit of time to think through how is this going to be received by the end users and how will this actually engender greater loyalty to the end user's brand or brand of choice in this case, um, so that it's a win-win not just for us and exact target, but also for the brands that are using our solution and for the customers on the other end of, of the communication. A desktop push and, and web push in general is, is simply another marketing channel. We live in this crazy kind of omni-channel world where um, email and social channels and, and other forms of communication are all being leveraged against one another. We don't envision web push being something that replaces any channels. We see web push as a complement to many channels. And so the, the question really is, how do we create the best complementary channel possible in a world that's already sort of inundated with, with channels? And I was going to say, uh, especially for your customers, they, they probably are really excited about it's just not one level. I mean, you can have uh, mobile push, you can have web push and that opportunity for them to be able to go either way is is, is probably quite exciting to them. It is, especially for SMBs who perhaps um, are not going to have a standalone app solution of their own because they just can't afford one or can't maintain it. So the mobile push side is really good for them, but everyone has customers that still engage them on their desktops. Obviously, mobile use has taken off in recent years, but it's kind of neat to kind of reintroduce this light touch channel to the desktop experience that feels a little mobile-y, right? It feels like the kind of communication you get through your phone, but you're getting it while you're at your desk and ask, how is this channel going to grow? What space is it going to occupy in the lives of 
consumers, and how can we help nurture it along in such a way that it has a lot of benefits for vendors as well. You talked a little bit before about your uh, experience as you started coming into the Hub Exchange. Tell us a little bit more about that. What it was like? How difficult was that that environment? You know, actually, it was startling to us at because we weren't sure if we'd be able to connect with someone from Exec Target. And in fact, within about 15 minutes of setting up our table and kind of getting situated at the start of the hackathon there, uh, a couple of representatives from ET came over and introduced themselves to us. From there, it just sort of virally worked itself out, and they knew because of their understanding of the personnel that was on staff for the event, who would be the best people for us to speak to at different points of our build over that weekend. And so um, that in, those initial contacts really just became a, a chain of introductions, and they were very, uh, obviously in a hackathon environment, you're working against the clock. So it's helpful to be able to speak to exactly whom you need to, when you need to. And it wasn't just the expertise offered. Oh, you guys are doing this. You guys will probably will probably be more efficient to do rather than X to Y. Not just the expertise, but also the, you know, so-and-so built that. Let's go get him. He's across the room. And then to be in a conversation with that person 10 minutes later, it was pretty remarkable. Now, what about post-hackathon? Uh, it was a very similar process. The post-hackathon process was actually remarkable, too, because you don't know how much the connections you make in an event like that are PR-related. Obviously, if Dreamforce does a million-dollar hackathon, there's some element to that in which they're trying to get the public's attention. They're, they're signaling their commitment to the developer community. And when you realize that there's a real genuine pulse behind it, that they're doing more than something that is a PR opportunity, in fact, they're, they're trying to build a community, and they are nurturing an ecosystem along, and that that ecosystem extends beyond the weekend, it, it's very encouraging for a startup like ours. Anything else you'd like to add? Just hats off to the exact target team for for giving us so much support and in providing such a fostering environment for us to grow our product in. Tim, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, you bet, Roger. Thank you. Turning now to the mailbag segment, and this is the first time we've had the mailbag segment, but it should be a regular. Hopefully uh, more people will be coming in. Michael, looks like you got a little mail. We got a comment from at Pato Sapir on Twitter just saying, awesome tip on subscriber status event in reference to um, – the tip that I gave in the ET Dev podcast number three. So if you didn't catch that one, check that one out. And this is a great opportunity for any of the listeners that are out there. If there's something that uh, catches your ear and that you, you think, hey, that was really cool, we really enjoyed it, please send us a feedback on that. And then also uh, anything that you'd like to hear as well. We'll uh, see what we can do about that. And we're always uh, answering and, and, and looking at that. Turning now to a new segment that we're going to start adding to the show, and it's called the Tip of the Week. So, Michael, what's the Tip of the week. Uh, this week I wanted to highlight the new REST route that's available called Message Definition Send. This route actually has one operation. It's just called Send. And this is what is actually used to send transactional emails through the API. So this would, um, if you were thinking about it in the SOAP API world, would be the same as using the triggered send object and using the create method with that object in order to you know, send a single ad hoc email to a single subscriber. This new route works virtually the same way the triggered send object did. It does require that a triggered send definition be created in the exact target interface. It can be done by just going to the interactions tab within the exact target email and selecting triggered email, filling out that form, and then your triggered email definition will be ready to use with message definition in soon. Please check out the show notes for a link for more details. Turning now to the What's Cool segment. So, Michael, what's cool? Last week, I actually got a chance to try out the Fuel SDK for Java that was written by Ian Murdoch. I had a great experience with it. I was, it's been a while since I've done uh, any Java programming, but 
even with that, I was able to get it up and running in under an hour. Yeah, you kind of embarrassed me there a little bit as well. I was being the Java developer and, and for so many years, and I haven't even tried the Fuel SDK yet. So I got to get on that this next week or two. What's cool for me this week was last week we had an ET Cafe chat last Thursday called Love Your Inner Geek. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Had a lot of developers on the line on that Twitter chat. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, we have a transcription of it. And uh, go take a look at the show notes and you can find the transcript there. Thanks for listening to the fourth edition of the Exact Target Developer Podcast. I'm Roger Brinkley. And send your feedback to devpodcast at exacttarget.com.